Well, hello there, wonderful teachers. I want to invite you to an event we're doing this summer. It's in Cincinnati, Ohio, so you have to be able to make it there, but it might be worth traveling for if you're able to. It's happening on July 20th and 21st, so that's over a weekend, and it's going to be the best two days for teachers. We're going to have a ton of fun. We're going to learn a lot about pedagogy and creative teaching and business. We have two fabulous guest speakers and we're even going to finish with an optional Kaylee. That's an Irish dancing party. So I hope you'll be able to join me. Just go to vibrantmusicteaching.com slash turbo that's dot com slash t-u-r-b-o 24 the numbers two four. I hope you'll check it out view all the details there and I hope to see you in Cincinnati in July. On with the episode. Vibrant, vibrant, vibrant music teaching. Proven and practical tips, strategies, and ideas for music teachers. You're listening to the Vibrant Music Teaching Podcast. I'm Nicola Canton, and today on the show, we're talking about heroic habits. Welcome back, beautiful teachers. Today we're talking about heroic habits, otherwise known as Atomic Habits, which is a book by James Clear. So I call them heroic habits and James calls them atomic habits because these are tiny, small habits that lead to big changes. And I wanted to take today's show to explore this idea as it pertains to music teachers specifically because we're looking at productivity at the moment on the blog and in the podcast and in the context of productivity habits are really what make the difference. There is no point trying a new productivity hack or trick if you can't make it habitual, if you can't make it something you do regularly. When I'm thinking about this stuff, I often come back to the idea of diets, right? The problem with most diets is that they work in the short term. And the reason they work in the short term is basically, essentially, because they find some way to get you to restrict calories, whether that's by cutting out large amounts of certain food groups or by getting you to actually count your calories or by increasing exercise so much but not increasing the calories that you put in. It's basically calories in, calories out. And if you do that, you will lose weight. That's basically the gist of it. I'm not a dietitian, I'm not a specialist, but that's basically the idea, right? If you reduce the amount of calories in and increase the amount of calories out or any permutations there within, you will lose some weight. That's easier said than done, as many people know. (laughs) And it's even harder to do in the long term. So crash diets, they work in the very short term, but they don't work to keep the weight off. And that's because they're too restrictive or they have some trick that isn't sustainable in the long term. Now, this show is not about dieting. Don't worry, we haven't changed our theme. So let's bring it back to productivity and music teaching. The thing these things have in common is habit 
creation. Effective diets are often slower to get people to lose the weight, but they build a long-term sustainable habit. And that's what we need to do to increase our productivity or our efficiency as music teachers over the long term too. So heroic habits are one fantastic way to do that. These are small habits that lead to big changes, as I said. They're often actually small habits that lead to bigger habits. So if you want to become someone who is more organized, you start by one small habit of putting something away that sets you up for more organization in general. So in this episode, what I want to share with you are actually three heroic habits that I believe all music teachers should consider. They're in three completely separate areas, really, of music teaching. The first one is the improv intro. This is the heroic habit for you if you want to improvise more in lessons, if you want to be a more creative teacher, if you want to just include this fantastic skill in your students' lessons, but you're struggling to find the time. So from my experience, there are two reasons that teachers don't improvise in their students' lessons or don't improvise as much as they maybe aspire to. Number one is they're basically scared to get started. And this is not going to help you with that. Well, it would in a sense, but really it's not about that. So if you're someone that struggles with the concept of improvisation, you might want to check out one of our other shows about that or just search for improv on the blog and you'll come up with tons of resources. If you're a member of Vibrant Music Teaching, a great place to start would be the Circle of Fists Odyssey. If you're new to improvisation, that is a bit of a deep dive really for your first taste, but I find it to be a great place to start to integrate improvisation into your teaching and get used to the idea of playing along with your students while they improvise. And there are full accompaniment patterns for the teacher within that course. So it's very easy for you as a teacher to feel comfortable with what you're doing because I've written it all out for you and I've given you suggestions on how to get the student started as well. So that's the Circle of Fifths Odyssey. If you remember, you can find it in the video library under courses. But let's say that you're in the other camp. Let's say you want to include improvisation. You even are reasonably comfortable doing some kind of improv with your students, but you just don't make the time for it. You just don't find the time. We all have a limited amount of time in our lessons, but here's the thing. You do make time for the things that you do make time for, right? So you do make time to work on reading with your students. You do make time to practice scales, maybe. You do make time to do their theory. Whatever the things are that you fit into a standard lesson, you find time for those. And so the question is, is improvisation a priority? And often it really still is. It's not that teachers that you don't want to include improvisation, that you don't think it's as important as the other stuff you're doing. The missing trick is that it's not a habit. It's not something that you're used to doing in most lessons. It doesn't fit in the standard lesson format in your mind. And therefore, you just don't get to it. So the heroic habit is the improv intro. 
It's a very simple idea, all of these heroic habits are. It's about improvising first. In every lesson, no exceptions. Try it for a month. Try it for two months. Just see what happens. There's a reason I've called this a heroic habit. It lifts more than its own body weight. So it's not just going to help you to include improv in every lesson because you'll do it first, so of course you will. But it's also going to start to bleed through into the rest of your teaching. If you're someone who hears me talk about uh, improvising to teach certain different things, including it in pieces, doing it in, in different places throughout the lesson, and you just somehow don't seem to think of it on the spot or you don't fit it into your plans, this could be the game changer. You will get into an improviser state of mind, but it'll take some time. So try it out for at least a month. Improvise in every single lesson as the first thing you do. It only needs to be one to two minutes. That's it. That's hardly any time at all. And it will be a great start to your lessons as well because it's a great way to warm up. Once your students overcome their initial maybe little uncertainties about getting started with improv, it's a great way to warm up because there's no wrong answers. You're just exploring. You're not checking up on practice. It's just about being in the moment together and making some music. Try it out. See how you go with it. If improv kind of sends you outside of your comfort zone, then I think this second suggestion might send you a bit further. But bear with me, okay? Because it sounds a bit silly. This, I believe, comes directly from James Clear, although someone can correct me if I'm wrong. I haven't listened to that book in a little while. It's The System Shut Down could be from someone else, but I think it's him. So the system shutdown is the idea of coming up with a ritual that you do every single time you're ready to finish work. This is perfect for anyone who is self-employed or works from home, which a lot of people have been doing lately, and is trying to find a better balance between their work time and their family time or their home time or their off time, their play time. It is a system shutdown. And what you need to do to put this into action is to come up with a routine that you do when it is the end of the workday. I like to think of this in terms of picking a specific trigger to start it off. So one that works for a lot of people, if you do have your computer up during lessons or at the end of the day when you're wrapping things up, you have your computer open. Simple one is you just turn off your computer. I even know some people who actually purchased, now this might seem like an extravagance, but they have a separate, an iPad separate from their computer or two separate devices of some sort just for this reason, just because they can leave their work therefore on their work computer and actually have a separate device if they need to look something up for fun, you know, look up a quiz that they're going to play with their family. But your shutdown routine doesn't have to be turning off a computer. Okay, that's just one suggestion. And for many of you, if you end your day with teaching, as a lot of teachers do, so if you teach until seven or eight, that's probably the end of the day, right? You don't get back to work mode, or you shouldn't, until the next day. And so it could be something else. It could be you close your notebook. It could be you turn off the light in your studio space, if you have a separate space that you have your studio in. 
I want you to think of a trigger that can be the last thing you do in a work day. Once you've found that perfect thing that you can do last, that you're never going to have something to do after it, okay? So it can't be, I don't know, it what's a good example? It can't be that you close your notebook if after you close your notebook, you then need to put away all the student folders. Then the student folders are the trigger, okay? So it has to be something you can do as the very last thing. Once you have your trigger, I want you to, this is the silly part, I want you to come up with a phrase to say after you do that trigger. So you have your last item you do. I turn off my phone, I turn off my computer, I close my notebook, I put away the folders, I shut the piano lid, whatever it is. And then you come up with a phrase to say that means it's finished. I think in the original version of this, which I, again, I think was from James Clear, it was shut down complete, but it was, you know, something super robotic sounding. But I suggest as a musician, just sing a perfect cadence. Just do like a so-do, right? A nice little ending or the ending of your favorite piece of music. Just hum it to yourself. Something silly and fun, but that says the end. Like I said, this sounds silly, but it actually can be really powerful. If you have some kind of a routine that says work is over, it's not going to mean that right away your brain does not go into hyper overdrive and think about students all night long. That's still going to happen for a little while, and maybe it always will to some degree. But if you have this ritual and you do not work after that, chances are your brain will gradually learn that this is not the time to tell you about all their great ideas for what to do with that student who's struggling with note reading. Test it out. See if it makes a difference for you, but try it for a long time. These are not going to be, these heroic habits are not things that change something over that, overnight. They are practices that you need to do every day consistently for them to have an impact. Sound familiar? <laughs> try it out anyway and see how you go with it. And yeah, Maybe it's, it's a little bit silly at first, but silly is fun and we're all about that over here at VMT. Okay, last heroic habit is something many of you may have seen. So it's called Success Story Saturday. It's inside the Vibrant Music Studio Teachers Group on Facebook. Now, whether you're on Facebook or not, stick with me. You can do this in the, in the privacy of your own little diary or notebook or post-it note pile or Evernote folder, whatever. The idea behind Success Story Saturday is to simply pick out one thing that went well that week. One thing that went well. If you get in the habit of picking that one thing every single week, your brain will learn to focus on more positive things. This is not about making everything pastel and wonderful and filled with sunshine. I'm not actually about that at all. I'm not sickly sweet. I know that some parts of teaching and running a business are hard. They are, there's no denying that. And pretending that those things are not happening is unhelpful. But, if you pick out the good things, you will bring them to your attention. 
our brains naturally do not focus on the good things as much as the bad in a lot of cases. And saying them out loud or writing them in a Facebook post or writing them in a notebook might just make the difference between you seeing the good that you're doing in the world because you are doing good in the world. You are doing something that is worthwhile and making a difference, making a real difference in your students' lives and their families' lives. If you pick out those moments every week, I promise you, it will help you to see things in a new light. It will help you to get through the things that are a struggle because you'll know that what you're doing matters. I would love it if you shared your heroic habit ideas, small changes that can lead to big results in our post on the blog at Colourful Keys. That's it for this week. I will see you back here again next week. Have a wonderful week ahead. Bye for now. Developing heroic habits is just one of the fabulous ideas from our new productivity power-up course. You can check out the full course in the video library if you're a member. And if you're not a member and you want to get instant access, just go to vmt.ninja and sign up today. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Vibrant Music Teaching Podcast. I hope you loved it and I wanted to pop on here one more time to remind you about our event. It's happening in Cincinnati this July and you can get all the details at vibrantmusicteaching.com slash turbo. See you there.